Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. Oh, it's Thursday night. I can't believe it's footy team selections night and it's round 22. Unbelievable. And this is the hour where you get involved. It's so pivotal that we get you involved on the temper at Bedshed. Text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line. You can call 13 12 55. The teams are in and we're looking ahead to a derby here. Derby number 55 between Fremantle, a home derby, and then a farewell, David Mundy, all the home supporters like the Eagle supporters, farewell, Josh Kennedy, last uh, Sunday. It's the uh, Eagles and the Dockers here, 5.40 on Saturday night, and across everything that's happening in AFL footy, a very good evening. Kim Hagdorn, how are you going? Hello, Peter. How are you? Derby lead up. 55. 54 previous derbies have just been pulsating. (laughs) I'm not so sure the 55th has been as pulsating with West Coast looking at the wooden spoon and Fremantle looking at uh, perhaps a top four finish and particularly given that Fremantle beat the Bulldogs last weekend and now they'll beat West Coast on on Saturday night. They should mm. beat uh, Western Sydney the following weekend. Even though it's in Canberra, they've shown Fremantle that they can win on the road this season. It's a new Fremantle. Uh, it's the newest Fremantle that we've had uh, for, for seven seasons. They're going back into finals, but I think they'll also get, really give it to West Coast on Saturday night. I think, I think the platform that West Coast have allowed their coach to lay in preparation for this loss is so evident that Fremantle are going to win this. I, I don't discount that Fremantle could win this with a new record uh, margin. Really? Or, or Fremantle, I don't think... What, they, what is the record? Well, Fremantle's the best win... In a derby is 75 points. In Derby 32, August of 2010. It's going to be wet. So that might be a saving yeah. grace for Eagles. Yeah. And I also sense that there's some more changes out of the West Coast. There's not many changes to the team. And you'll have it there in front of you, Peter. Uh, there's not many changes to West Coast out of last weekend's emotional day. And the coach said it was a great day, an emotional day, and talked about it as if they'd actually won the damn game. Uh, for Josh Kennedy's send-off. But looking at the team changes, Dixon, Nelson, Rotham added. So they should. Rotham should be in there. Nelson in there because I wonder if he'll take on the tagging role on Andrew Brayshaw again. Remember how successful Mm. that was to halftime in the round three derby? To halftime, Andrew Brayshaw has had eight possessions. And love or hate Jackson Nelson, he'd done a damn good job in running with Andrew Brayshaw. And why that tag was released at halftime to allow Brayshaw to have eight possessions in the first dozen minutes of the third term and then finish up with 19 possessions in the second half and push toward being one of Fremantle's better players when you're six goals down at halftime. I was surprised at Mm, that. And looking mm. back through my notes today, I thought, okay, Nelson will be in the team tonight. So he's in as an interchange. Is he in there to run run with? He will be playing for his career. 
Josh Rotham is called up, as he always is when there's a doubt on a ruckman and a key defender mm. because he's so versatile. But I can tell you that Josh Rotham, I understand, is going to ask to be traded for the way he's been treated over Doesn't the last couple of seasons. Me. Not at all. Doesn't surprise me. And I think me. there's more even players in contract at West Coast, I believe, are going to ask to be traded because of where the club is at. And as I said to you last Thursday, Peter, this is not the club that we've all come to grow, to, to respect as a powerful football organisation. Not this a destination is club anymore. No one wants to go there. I, I cannot find out who West Coast are targeting for that very important pre-season pick, the pre-season mm. draft pick. Where the, I think West Coast will finish last and have pick number one in that pre-season draft. Even though they've got about 6% on North Melbourne? Uh, I, I don't discount North Melbourne winning one of their last two games. And mm-hmm. certainly the Gold Coast next weekend, round 23, uh, at Marvel Stadium. So, But the percentage could could narrow, and I think West Coast can finish last. And But who they're targeting, they, they don't seem to be able to get someone in that prime position where they'd get a player, an uncontracted player for nothing at pick number one in that pre-season draft... I can't pick up who they're getting. They mm. missed out on now. Cameron Zerha, we have talked about. Fremantle talked about him a bit, but I've got a bit of news on Fremantle because Fremantle is going to have to get rid of players. We've said this for weeks. Because Fremantle's first pick in the draft is pick thirteen. Their next pick is not to pick seventy-two. So we'll come back to this in a moment, Peter. It's it's mind blowing to think how Fremantle are going to get Luke Jackson in the door with just a pick at pick thirteen. And a pick at 72. Mm. They have to give up players to get draft picks in. Or does Melbourne come back to West Coast and say, if Jackson wants to go home, you are the ones we want to deal with because you've got pick number one, pick number 19, pick number 25, pick Mm. number 37, or West Coast could get Jackson through the preseason. I don't think that that Luke Jackson would do that to Melbourne. I don't think that would be ugly enough for him to sit out and come to West Coast. So it's a long shot. Fremantle are going to get Luke Jackson, but how they're going to do it, they have to give up players. Blake Akers to North Melbourne, for instance, what pick do they get for him in that trade? It's a good deal that's been on the table to Blake Akers. Mm-hmm. Griffin Lowe, closer and closer to leaving Fremantle than staying. Do West Coast go for him? They should. Absolutely they should. West Coast should be trying to get the likes of Sam Pepper from Adelaide. That's the type of player they need, as well as the kids they're going to get. But anyway, I, Bailey Williams dropped but back, but back to the emergency yeah, list. Yeah, which keeps keeps him open to he's maybe a, a late recall. He's on standby for Nick Natanui. Rest assured, Nick Natanui is not, not healthy. And some decisions during training today and out of training, how they pull up tomorrow, the likes of Nick Natanui, certainly Jake Waterman with his crook knee, mm-hmm. probably should already be going to surgery. So Kennedy gone, Rioli out, Nat Newey doubtful. So clearly Williams is there as the standby in case Nick Nat Newey pulls out Saturday afternoon. Okay. On the Hayes and uh, Mardo show, of course, Adam Simpson is a regular on Thursday, and he was asked about Brody Grundy. And at this stage, there's news that maybe Collingwood's prepared to pay about $300,000 a year out of his, of course, huge salary for him to move on. Uh, this is what Simo said about maybe, are they looking at Brody Grundy and the cr- recruits at the West Coast? Yeah, I find it hard to talk about uh, opposition players. I I don't know, I just feel like it's... I know there'll be a time when we'll openly talk about who you're going after and who uh, who needs to leave and stay. I just I just find it hard to talk about. I know he's popped up recently in the media outlets and um, everyone makes assumptions that that's, those things are going to take place, but not many of them work out, do they? Um, so I 
don't want to be part of the scuttlebutt because it'll make the papers and then I'll have to justify it to someone else. <laughs> mm. So there you go. That was Simo's oh, I think call. he had to respond that way, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, especially a Brody Grundy. I mean, that's that's just come up this week. But what I can add there is Brody Grundy is now highly likely, almost certain to go to Melbourne because Melbourne have realised we're losing Luke Jackson. Mm. We want to play and and get a Ruckman that is the heir apparent to Max Gorn. Max, I'm not saying Max Gorn's going anywhere in the next few years, but somewhere not too distant future, Max Gorn goes. And he's, Bro- and he's happy if someone like Grundy comes over to take a bit of a backseat and be the number two. And Jackson was perhaps going to be that as Jackson evolved. That's not happening. So Melbourne have pounced. And the arrangement, so I understand, with Melbourne is that Melbourne and Collingwood are willing to are willing to pay three hundred thousand dollars a year for the next five years. There's five years left on this big deal <laughs> for Brody Grundy. He still wants a million a year. So the seven hundred thousand dollars that I'm led to believe was the highest bid that Melbourne was willing to make for Luke Jackson. Five years, seven hundred a year for five years to stay. Fremantle have trumped that by a long way, as we know. It's a seven or eight year deal at at one point two, one point three, one point four million somewhere there. So Grundy looks certain to go to Melbourne. So I think Adam Simpson was respectful there to say, look, I'm not buying into it. But it was a polite way of saying, I'm not talking about anything we're doing because, Pete, they've got pick number one, yeah. pick number nine, and also pick number one probably. At worst, it's pick number two, isn't it, mm. in the preseason draft and certainly this draft coming up. We know uh, Will Ashcroft is going to be number one. If North Melbourne have the next pick, then West Coast got the other or vice versa. There's still some damn good players that are on the market and certainly being talked about and followed daily that West Coast can pounce on it and pick number one or two uh, behind the likes of uh, Will Ashcroft. So, so as you've just mentioned, uh, your understanding is that Josh Rotham at the end of the season will ask maybe to be traded to yep. where he can get more opportunities at maybe another club, which is ludicrous really because he should be getting a lot of opportunities at West Coast. Oh. And he showed two or three weeks ago when he was given that role on the board and he kicked those two goals and he was up and about. And, of course, he hasn't been cited since, which is just crazy. So, you know, for Josh Rotham to leave, he's the next generation of West Coast Eagles players and they're the sort of players that the West Coast Eagles need to retain. And uh, he's been, as I've pointed out, right throughout the season, he's been a yo-yo in one week, out the next. And he's got every right to say, hey, if the opportunities aren't here, then I maybe have to look elsewhere. Oh, he's got to. He'd be silly if he didn't. Same as Lloyd Meek at Fremantle. Would be really silly if he didn't explore. And he's another one that I throw up that West Coast have to be considering uh, behind the scenes because they're going to need ruck back up for Nick Nat Newey for 2023 and certainly beyond that. There's no way no one you can expect Nat Newey to go beyond next year. At best, he's going to play a dozen or 15 games next year because I'm not so sure that Nick Nat knew he can actually become fit enough mm. over the summer. He has to lose 15 or 18 kilos, and uh, and I'm not so sure he can do that. But he'll still be able to play, and I still think he'd be pretty handy, Peter. But I, I just still believe also that West Coast should be thinking about someone like Lloyd Meek He's played, what, the 14 games. He's a 24-year-old and he can't get any and, – and he's going to be sitting back playing with Peel if Jackson comes and shares the ruck work with Darcy. And just uh, speaking about Fremantle, Sam Switkowski has been included in the side for the game on Saturday night. Matt Tabner out with that injury and uh, Henry, of course, the Medi sub. But last week uh, has been left out as well. The emergencies, by the way, are Banfield, Meek, Henry and Hughes for the Fremantle Dockers. Well, Banfield's a bit like – I could draw an, a, 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 a parallel with Banfield and, say, Josh Rotham. Mm. Now, Banfield, nearly every week, he's on the borderline or he finishes up as the as the sub. 
why hasn't the likes of Joth Rotham been handled similarly, where you sort of think, well, gee, he can't, he's, they're not giving him a regular game, but he's right on the edge. He plays some, he doesn't play some. He, there's better development and man, management with the likes of Bailey Banfield. I know Fremantle's list is healthier, far healthier yeah. for the, in this season. It's interesting regarding Josh Rotham. I remember Adam Simpson talking about him a few weeks ago, and he says he's got a lot to learn. And he seemed quite strong about Josh Rotham to the point of view where I thought – Simo's reading between the lines here. He's not a fan of the young kid, uh, the way he spoke, that he's got a lot to learn. That's why we're sending him back, blah, blah, blah. He needs to learn. He was quite strong, actually, on the young fella. So, as I said, reading between the lines, I'm not sure whether he's in Simo's plans going forward. And maybe the young fella's also read that as well. Well, I I think it sounds like you know a bit more and I can reveal what I think I know is that's exactly the case. The kid feels as though he's the a coach's kicking boy. Mm. Now, the other, if, if Adam Simpson said he's got a lot to learn. He did. Can he I said just, that on the I'm record. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. not, not questioning you at all. But Joth Rotham's been on their list since 2016. Mm. Who's not been teaching him? <laughs> good call. Good call. 2016. Yeah, not no. last year. That's a good call, Haggis. Uh, can I just also say at the moment the Patrick Cripps uh, two-week ban is at the AFL Appeals Board after the tribunal, of course, dismissed the club's challenge. And at the moment he's rubbed out for the remaining two home and away games. Soon as that verdict is handed down, we'll bring it to you here on Drive. And before it's handed down, what's your tip? Uh, if they've gone to the Appeals Board... Well, the good thing uh, about there's, the there's system... A, go on. Oh, Sorry. The good thing about the system is that we, it, it is fair, I think, that you can be done by the MRO, the match yeah, review officer. Take it to the tribunal. You can, you can say, no, I'm not copying that. Go to the tribunal Tuesday. And then if you're not comfortable with that, your legal people and the player and the football manager and the, the, the chief executive say, no, no, we're not copying that. You can then go somewhere else. So, and they're all different bodies. They're all heard by different people. It's not as if you go back to the same people and say, listen, oh, can you change your mind? Mm. But in this case... Oh, <laughs> I'm not so sure that given how strong it Carlton. appears. No. That Carlton have been strong on this, but But the AFL have been strong in Sada saying that, that, that the, the potential to cause injury was there also. Uh, I, I don't see how he can beat it. Mm. But we are going to – hopefully we find out somewhere in the next 40-odd well, minutes. Well, it started because, at 4 o'clock our yeah. time, so it will drop, I'd say, before 6, before we leave. But they we have don't... to come up with, in case you're not aware, everyone – you have to have something completely new and you have to be able to show that there's been an error in law, which is a big one. How can they do that? <laughs> that the decision to ban Patrick Cripps was unreasonable and that no tribunal would take such an unreasonable uh, stance on it or it was manifest, manifestly excessive and an inadequate classification from the tribunal. The penalty was manifestly excessive. The penalty is only two gains. For smashing a kid in the back, nose damage, face damage, concussion out of the game, I don't think a two-game penalty is manifestly yeah. excessive. I, 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 right now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued in trying to debate it. On top of it, before we get a finding, I'd be surprised if you over gets this over. Mm. Okay, and I just think it also smacks a bit of desperation by Carlton. They're on the skids a bit, and well, they don't need, you have to be uh, seen to be doing the right thing by your captain as yeah, well, your best and, player and. And also reckon there's a bit of desperation. They know they've got two weeks of trying to rest a slide and maybe stay in the finals race. So oh, they'll probably and, and Brownlow and Brownlow. I think I think Lockie Neal's. You could just about give it to him now. I think mm. he's been so far in front at round twenty-one, but 
I think it's the captain, your best player. You have to show strength and faith in those types of people. Okay. Now, the latest is the Cripps case is going going to go for a while. They're going through line by line of the tribunal case at the moment. But anyway, whatever that means. Thanks, Jimmy, for that. Uh, If it does drop, we'll bring it to you. We're going to take a break. Um, We've got a few texts coming through, and you can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Come and join us. It is Derby 55 on Saturday night. How do you see it going? Hags reckons it could be a big win for Frio over West Coast. It's quarter past five.